I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tobacito. We are doing, what is this called? Video? Video. Webcasting. (laughs) Webcasting. What what the hell are we doing today, Kev? (laughs) We're mixing it up. (laughs) So, um... So Kevin has been trying to get me to uh, record this via video ever since we started. And I was like, Kevin, no. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> but why? You're like, you have a perfect show, perfect platform for, for video stuff. I think this is long overdue. Well, thank you. Okay, so I have no idea how to access this. So people, so people can continue to listen to it on iTunes or they can access it... Absolutely. Like, uh, they can watch it. Yes, yeah, so it like will be it. on Facebook Watch and Facebook Premiere. So every week we'll, we'll set a day, which will probably be Monday afternoon, just to keep it consistent with Monday. And so if you you can always download the podcast, as always, on Monday, or you can go over to Facebook or YouTube and check out the show in full video and just at your leisure. So where where do they go? Like uh, if they're on, uh, like I'm not on Facebook. I'm not Facebook savvy. So where if you're not using f- Facebook, you would, you would go to YouTube, and then we're also going to incorporate uh, Instagram Live as well. So um, go to Instagram or Facebook, and then I'll connect it to. I'm not sure which is better. What do people use more the the remedy page that I made for Instagram or your personal one? Oh, but we'll probably do both. So just go to okay. Instagram, search the remedy and you'll be able to find it or go to Facebook, search the remedy or KPX. It will be on there or, or go to YouTube or, and search KPX or, or the remedy. My, yes. Or, yes. Or my Instagram. And then we're going to post it there or something. It will basically um, stream live. So except it won't literally be live. We'll take the show, all of the video we will schedule a premiere date. So you'll see on Instagram or Facebook that the remedy has scheduled a premiere and it will let everybody know when the show is going to go live. And then they'll be able to stream it, watch it live while it streams at our designated time slot. And then anyone who didn't catch it live can go in and view it later. Okay. I'm sorry. I, ju- I literally just got somebody else. Is it too late <laughs> to submit questions? No. Are they anonymous? <laughs> well, that's what's great, too, about the, the Facebook Live is when it's uh, rolling, people can comment and ask you questions, and then you can answer them in real time because okay, you're not actually sitting there you know, doing the show because it's hard when you're oh, I could producing never. a show to sit and I could never talk do to that. people and answer questions. Yes. Me either. So I've seen people do that on Instagram. We could do that on Instagram, too. Absolutely. Do you and know how will. to do that? Yes. Okay. We'll be on IG Live, Facebook Premiere, and YouTube. We're going big. (laughs) We're going big. (laughs) I'm pretty excited. I've been sitting here stressing all day about this, like ready for it. (laughs) I have not. (laughs) Well, you look great. Difference between you and I. I came from work. The only reason I look halfway decent. By the way, nobody get used to like lip gloss or my hair being down. Yeah, but that's good, though, because, I mean, you know, podcast is supposed to be more casual. It doesn't need to be like TV. You don't have to have hair and makeup for every no, show. So. No, I definitely am not going to have hair and makeup. Me either. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> Classic bedhead. Yeah. Now everybody gets to see me drinking Miller yes. Lite. 
Me too. But yes, because we if if we're not like at nine o'clock in the morning, it's yeah. Then I don't then, have bedhead too, and we can drink beer. So yeah. You're, yeah. <laughs> We can drink beer at nine, but people might get worried. Well, they might, yes. <laughs> However, we could stream at any time and be like, oh, it's at five o'clock, so people wouldn't even know that we were drinking in the morning. <laughs> okay, the funny thing about uh, uh, this being the first live show and me drinking Miller Lite is the sponsor for today's show is Mike and Natalie McGuire. They have given he so- was, Mike was on the show. Yeah, a couple times. And uh, they are always so generous. Um. And they have contributed a couple of times to the remedy. They and the, and they're always so encouraging and so sweet. And so, thank you so much, Mike and Natalie, for being a sponsor. And I have I cannot tell you, Kevin, how many people I run into, and they're like, "Oh, I've been meaning to give to the remedy. Oh, I love what you're doing. I've been meaning to contribute." So if that's you, I'm going to say please contribute because it helps us stay alive. Yes. In fact, one of the questions that I got for today's uh, show is how much does, uh, or do you make any money on the podcast? And the answer is a big fat N-O. And that's not my goal. My goal is not to make money. Um, Yeah, you're getting there though. But my goal is not to go in debt. (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) I don't want it. To cost me a bunch of money. It's supposed to be fun, and that's not yeah. going to be fun if you're yeah. If I'm stressed <laughs> about, about how it. I'm going to pay you, sure. so, um, uh, so every episode is about. It, people always ask me like, what's the worth or cost of an episode, and I put it right at two hundred dollars, just from like how much you charge, time, blah blah blah. Yeah, you factor in many variables. Yeah, and um, so I got to pay you first. Um, but anyway, um. But if you think you have an idea for a show and do you have you know some talent, an idea, a hobby, or whatever, let me know. And I'm always interested in producing. We're I'm very reasonable. I like to say because oh, I like to put are. these shows together, and that's just something I love to do. So. You are. You make it very, very easy to to. I mean, I just show up. Yeah, but you made it easy from the very beginning. You required basically no media training. You basically <laughs> sat down and it was like boom, off to the races. That's every producer's dream, best case scenario. Well, thank you. Um, okay, I uh, okay. So today, I I told y'all um, that I was going to do a show on and answering questions, which I I've seen and heard other people do this, like people who have like um, you know ton of followers on Instagram, like ask me any question. Da, da, da. Sure, and you just never think that people really are going to ask. Y'all ask questions. Oh, yeah. They're going to ask. <laughs> they ask questions. <laughs> yeah. They ask bold questions. Especially considering you've done so many episodes now and never done that. I figured you might have to make this like a three or four parter just I to know. get to all the, you know what? the questions people it, have. It's kind of true. Like, okay, so we've already been talking seven minutes. So, I, and I literally have a lot of questions and I have no concept of how long this is going to take me. So, we might need to do a part two if it gets too long. All right, let's get cracking. <laughs> I'm really curious about this. <laughs> okay, so my first question. So we're gonna have to like um, uh, see if you can do something with the camera. But somebody asked me, "What does Kevin look like?" <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tune into this episode and you find that's, out. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, flash over to you. Can you do that? Uh, sure. Okay, flash. There we go. That's there. Kevin. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I hate being on camera. <laughs> I'll do it for you, Tom. You did good. Uh, no, somebody seriously asked me that. They said, uh, I'll tell you exactly what they said. Uh, they said, uh, oh, God, where are my glasses? You need me to help you? Yeah. Not that my eyes are that Maybe. much better. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll too. find it. I'm telling you, I have a lot of 
have a lot of. Uh, when I get to that question, we'll read. We'll, yes, we'll, I'm excited about it. this. Okay. So the first question is, are you always in a good mood? <laughs> oh, that is a great question because it really seems like it. I, I think I am. I mean, I'm sure my kids would be like, no, she's not always in a great mood, but they yeah. see every side, you know, family sees every side of you. Even times when you have shit going on and you seem kind of upset, you're still in a pretty good mood. Yeah. In a better mood than most people on their normal days. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm strangely happy. Yeah, which I strangely envy. <laughs> well, not strangely. It makes sense. Everybody wants that. Well, I am. I'm always I, miserable, tough. So teach you me. You are not. You are not. Show me the way. <laughs> no, I am genuinely, uh, generally not. Gen- yeah, and genuinely, generally and genuinely. In a good mood. Yes. I mean, I have I have tough days for sure, but but you have this magic ability not to worry, which is yeah. blows my mind. Somebody asked me a question about worrying. We'll get to that. Okay, uh, next question. It seems like you have so many great friendships. How do you have time to cultivate so many? That's a good one too. I know we have good, smart, yes, listeners. Th- this listener is probably like me because I have no friends. Like my <laughs> wife's my only friend, and you. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> True, you have all these great friendships. I'm like, man. I do. I have a lot of really good friendships. But I think that I've talked about this before. I do. Uh, okay, I've always had great friends. Friends have always been very, very important to me. I've always had good friends, and I've always been a good friend. However, I do believe that it's that getting divorced, and like, if if I'm if you're not married, and you're not in a, like, serious serious relationship i mean i've only been in like one serious relationship since i've post been divorced. divorced yeah i've been divorced f- for years and i only dated someone i mean i dated someone for a year and a half so i've had a lot of time to cultivate and in fact like i've been working full-time this year and yeah it's been a pain in my rump because I I miss my friends so much yeah it swallows up so much it and swallows up you know so much you're a parent yeah Single mom, three kids. Three kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. But I mean, yes, I I do acknowledge that I have incredible friends. And uh, how do I cultivate? How do I have time to cultivate so many? Um, I'm I do make a point to reach out. So even if I can't see, even if I can't see or spend time with someone, I do check in often with people that I care about deeply and love. And, and, you know, I mean, everybody's busy. So I think that like... Oh, that's so appreciated. I mean, that's something I think that's lost on a lot of people these days, even if you haven't really? connected in a while. Yeah, a message to check in is always... Oh, I do that oh, all the time. Oh, it feels so good to get that from a friend. Yeah, I do that a lot. And I mean, I'm not perfect, but I do, I do try to check on my people um, and tell them how much they mean to me. I am very good about telling people how much they mean to me. Like if... You're a girlfriend of mine. You know how much I love you. I'm. I will always tell you how much I love you. I tell you how. I mean, that's something I think we're both good at because yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah. After we have like a really good show, yeah. I might message you like when I get home. Yeah. I'm just like, man, I really appreciate how yeah. much you know. Yes. How great it is working with you. I think that circle back is really, really a lost. It's a lost art. Yeah. Like people have so many thoughts that they rarely. Uh, bring to life Mm -hmm. and I mean wouldn't if somebody had an amazing thought about you wouldn't you want them to 
wouldn't you want to hear it? Absolutely. You know, of course you want to hear it. And so I try, and I don't know why or where I got it, but I try that if I have a thought or if you come into my mind, I mean, I'm, it's, I don't do it 100% of the time, but often if I think of you or I'm grateful for you or I we had a great show and I'm thinking about that, like I will say something. Yes, and I, it's, you will. It's really important to me. So I think that's a big part of cultivating because we don't have time. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't have time to see all my friends whenever I want to see them. But if they along the way know that one, I'm always there for them two how much I love them and three, how much they mean to me. And that's not even as much, I mean, it's, it's, good. it's, it's good for um, acquiring and cultivating friendships, but it's also very, very important for maintaining because I mean, I think yeah. someone who hasn't heard from you in a while, you know, really appreciates that because you never know what they're going through. And it's always very, refreshing and very nice and makes everyone feel good to hear from a friend that they haven't talked to in a while. Yep, for sure. Yeah. So do it. You know, if you're thinking of someone, you love someone, somebody means something to you, you should tell them. You should always tell them. You know, maybe it's being a pastor and having done so many funerals and every single funeral I have sat there and thought, I wonder if these people knew all this, you know, how how much of an impact their life made or what a difference they made while they were here. Like I've always thought there's some, we should do something where you get to have a funeral while you're alive. Yeah. Living funeral. Yes. Because you don't, people say that stuff when it's, when they're gone. It's like, did you ever, ever really tell that person how much they meant to you yeah. while they were here or, or are they hearing this, you know, on a cloud somewhere for the first time? I think at every single funeral. Do you think maybe sometimes too people don't necessarily realize it until the person's gone? Oh, They're like, sure. God, I wish that I had yeah. told them that I feel this way. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Death does weird things too. It brings it it it. Death makes all the bad go away and brings all the good into the light. Yeah, it really does. Magnifies the good and and melts the bad, which. God, don't you wish life did that? Like, why does death yes. do that? Well, you're one of the strange people I know who can talk positively about death, where to me it's, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it freaks me out. But yeah, you have an amazing outlook on well, mortality, so to speak. Death does not bother me. I just, yeah, it just doesn't. I mean, I want to die, but yeah, I'm not scared to die. But, you know, it's gonna. we're all going to. I mean, yeah, for sure. Okay, this, this question I almost left off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this would be a good one. <laughs> I'm divorced and single, and it is really hard for me to keep my Christian values, especially when it comes to sex. I wonder if this is ever difficult for you. That's a good question. It's a good question. Exactly. I mean, can they? Are they? That's as specific as they go, or that's it. Are they questioning like, how do I date, and am I being like promiscuous, or am yeah. I still like, how do I navigate values? Yeah. How do I navigate sexuality? As a divorced Christian person. Yeah. And I think that's a really good question. Very. So, it, it, like, now that I read it, now that I read it out loud, and, and it, it, this is the first, I, I've read it several times, and I'm like, huh, that's a tough question. But um, when I was in youth ministry, kids would always, always come talk to me, and their, they would, their big question was, how far can I go? Yeah. 
How far can I go? And I could see where you would be the one that you, you're very good at getting people to open up. Well, I don't, I don't mean to. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I don't want to. It's know. a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> but uh, so kids would come ask me, you know, and I'm like, God, like that's a lot of pressure, right? That's like, heavy. That's a it's a lot of pressure for a teenager to come ask you, how far can I go? Absolutely. Because you know they're probably coming to you because it's something they don't want to ask their parents yes. or something like that, you know, or even a sibling. Like you, For sure. Yeah. And what they want is permission, right? They Absolutely. want permission to go far. Yes. That's what they want. And so I would always put it back on them, and I would say, I can't answer that question for you. Like, I would just ask you, does your behavior exhibit like does your behavior glorify god if your behavior glorifies god go for it it's a good answer if it doesn't don't so that's what i'm going to say to this person i think that's good (laughs) yeah because like for me being raised strict catholic if i would have asked someone in the youth program whatever they'd be like oh well you can do that but you're going to hell yeah you know and i'm like touch your (laughs) you can touch your boob with the clothes on Okay. But if you okay. do this, this, that, yeah. or that, you're a bad person and you're going to hell. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and you know what? I grew up Mormon, so it was very black Oh, that's and white. true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I, I feel you. And there was very, I mean, there was a right, there was right and there was wrong. Yes. And that, that was that. There's so, black, white, there's mortal sin, there's right, you know, it's. Yeah. Yeah, very cut and dry. It's very real. The struggle is real. The struggle so, is real. So I would say that. That's how I would answer that. Is I yeah, and yes, she said. I wonder if it is ever difficult for you. Um, yes, it is difficult for me. I think, I think, and I've said this before on this show. I think being divorced is about as unnatural as a middle-aged divorced person is about as unnatural and uh, like the least of the way God intended it. I mean, 1,000%. And I Really? Think, oh, yes. I mean, I, yeah, I guess I can see that. I think but. even being single and my age is, is not weird. Like, not difficult. I mean, it's I'm sure it's difficult for, for other reasons. But, like, to be divorced, to have had, like, to st- have stood at an altar with somebody had dreams with somebody, had children in many cases, in my case for sure, with somebody, and then you just get divorced. I mean, it's not, I can't tell you how, and how many people I've talked to about like how how horrible that process is, how horrible, and kids having to like pack a bag and go to dad's sure. and, and splitting weekends and... Ugh, and he's at the game with his girlfriend, and do I show up with the guy I'm dating? I mean, it's so weird. In fact, last Saturday night, I was on a date, and I walked in to Louis Pizza, and there's Topher, my ex-husband, who yep. I get along great sure. with, and his girlfriend. I'm like, oh. And you're on a date, too. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's that's a little strange. See, but I mean, that's weird. Well, like, <laughs> I mean, would you say it's a reflection of uh, society as well as my age that I don't think that, like, that people don't really think that's that weird these days to be divorced or to be really? a single mom and still be dating? Like, I mean, I just think it's so common now, which is, you know, it is maybe common, not a great But it's thing, just but not, uh, it's not, like, I should not be, like, putting high heels on on a Thursday night and going out. I should be home cooking dinner, you know? 
That's what I should. Be, that's what I wanted to be doing. But it's not like you date at the expense of no, your children. But by if any you want to meet someone, you got to go out. So what do you do in this situation? Though? I want to know. What do you, I mean, was it awkward? Did you stay? Did you? Oh, we totally stayed. I hugged him. I you didn't share him. a table. <laughs> <laughs> Although they did have two seats and it yeah. was a wait. I was like, should we sit? <laughs> we joked. It was yeah. fine. It was total. Well, Topher and I get along freakishly well. Which is very good. Yeah. Yeah. It that certainly good. makes things easier. Not that it's ever easy, but it no, could be a lot worse it, if you had some toxic, actually, volatile it relationship. Is easy. It does make it easier. And I hugged Katie and the girl he's dating. And, you know, it's all good. Yeah. It all worked. But it's still we a good make question. It work. Yeah, it is a really good question. And yes, it is difficult. It is difficult to do it well. And what else is difficult is, you know, I was married for many years and I had sex for many years. And then all of a sudden you're not having sex. Yeah. That's weird. That is weird. That's hard. That disrupts your status quo. That's a uh, Apparently I'm, I'm in my peak, you know? Yeah. And I should be having a lot of sex. Absolutely. With the guy that I married. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah. And you know, if you're not dating anyone, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a hookup girl. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. But I do, I mean, yeah. Second. You're right. I can see, for, okay, now kind of your point where that would, I mean, factor in, I think, to when you're young. It may not be the greatest thing ever, but a hookup's not a big deal. It's nothing to like feel bad. But, you know, when you're divorced and you're dating and you have kids and a home and whatnot, it's yeah, like that's yes. that's got to be the least appealing thing. But Or it's, maybe it's not. Maybe it's something that still oh, is appealing, me, it but is not appealing. it's in no way satisfying. I don't know. No, it's not satisfying, especially, especially I mean, honestly, I've just... Especially if you have been married, you know, and you have had like a meaningful relationship. Right. You don't want to go. I mean, I've never like when I was in my 20s, I never had a one night stand. Like I've never done any of that stuff. Really? So, no, no. I'm not saying like I thought you had. I'm just saying I thought most people. I mean, I've done that but yeah. you know, when I was young. <laughs> no, I think a lot of people have. And but I now just, I'm married and dating sounds horrible. But yes, I mean, yes, it, it, it's not it's not easy. It's not easy to navigate because you're tempted and physically you desire things, but you don't want, I don't want to have sex with a random and I'm yeah. certainly not going to hook up and, yeah. and yet I'm human, you know, I am human. So your Christian values do factor into that. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. But you know what? I, I think that, I mean, I definitely have a moral code, but I also think that like, I have an obligation to set a good example to my kids. You Absolutely. Know? Like my kids are always just like walking in the door. Like I can, I'm not going to have some guy spend the night. Yeah. You know, they could, they could come home at any moment for, you know, they forgot their, they forgot their headband. They forgot their track, you know, yep. cleats. I mean, I can't, I'm not going to, I can't risk that. Like it's bigger than just even my moral code now. Like my kids are watching me. And the fact that you have a daughter, that's a second example. Not that it wouldn't be weird. For, I mean, you know, being a son, it's the same thing, but yeah. different at the same time oh, when it's sure. a girl, you know? Heck having yeah. a daughter is different. When it comes to these kind of things, having a daughter is way different, I think, than having a son. A thousand percent. And they're all watching. Yeah. They are all watching everything. <laughs> <laughs> Not to scare you people, but they're watching. <laughs> um, Okay, the next one. God, thank God we're lighting it up a little bit. Where do you shop? <laughs> there we go. 
it's funny. We don't we don't even do that many video clips. And people obviously are impressed by your it must style. Be Instagram so. or something. Yeah, I, I put uh, put out clips and stuff too. Plus, people see you out and about, and we did a remote at the gym. You know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. So, where do you shop? Um, okay, it's funny. I hate to shop. Hate. I love clothes, but I hate to shop. I do all my shopping. Ninety nine point nine percent of my shopping online. I, you will never see me at North. So Park. you just hate retail shopping, but you don't hate shopping. You're, no, as I a actually, concept. Uh, I. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't mind online shopping, but I don't seek it. I just, I wish somebody could just buy my clothes and know what I love so that I don't have to do any of it and I just come home to a package. And see, I have, th- like, my wife will ask me, like, oh, God, I want those golden goose shoes that she's wearing, little <laughs> things like that. You know, it seems like you put a lot of effort into your I, fashion choices. Well, I, I, I care about it and I like it. I just don't like what it takes to get to it. Yeah. Like, if you saw my closet, you would... I think I'm with you there. You would shake your head. But then again, that's different because I'm a dude. So, if I shop, I like I like Netta Porter. I like Shopbop. I like Zara. Um, and I, I like shoes. What I, about Lululemon? Because you wear a lot oh, of good I love Lululemon. <laughs> yes. That's like default. Um, okay. That's where I shop. Okay, I loved, this is somebody who wrote this in, I loved your podcast with your daughter. It seems like you two are so close. Is your relationship really like that? <laughs> and if so, how? Um, yes, uh, it is really like that. Uh, so Anna Prin is 15. She actually turned 16 next week. And she is just a love. I mean, she is such a love. She just makes it easy, you know? And I do think, I, I, I'd love to give like a formula of like how I have a, an amazing relationship with my 16-year-old daughter. Yeah. I, I don't. There's I don't. no secret recipe yeah. there. I, I just, I mean, I love her well. I really love her. I hug my kids every day whether they want to be hugged or not, like tight, and I never, ever, ever let go first. And... um I tell them all the time how much I love them. And, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm not done being a parent. That's, but I, and I'm certainly not, I'm more interested in being their parent than I am their friend. But I've, a few years ago, seeing Janice, my therapist, she really helped me and taught me how to let go control. When, when I first adopted them, I was, I was, so controlling I wanted them to be perfect and I wanted everything to be perfect and I didn't want anybody to stub their toe or get hurt or terrified of anything getting screwed up yes like we cannot screw this up and so the theory behind it all was I'll control it so nothing bad happens which is unrealistic it's unrealistic but I can understand that for a new parent (laughs) yeah it's unrealistic and controls a facade so you just love them well and you let go and you know, I used to have a ton of rules. I, I don't have a ton of rules anymore. Like, my kids and I talk it out. Like, we we kind of work it out. That's what I was going to say as an outsider looking in and tell me, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I would say the two big things are, one, transparency is a big thing yep. with you and uh, Anna Prin. And yes, um, that's very true. Withholding judgment, I think, as well, which oh. makes, you know, especially at a younger, you know, at a teenage, it makes things way more comfortable than 
you know, I mean, you were raised Mormon, I was raised Catholic, you know, that was, you probably never wanted to talk to your parents about the kind of stuff that oh, Anna P will talk to you about. Oh, she has told me things that I wish she did not tell me. Yes, but that's a good thing. Ooh, I'm like, you don't, don't you have a bestie that you should be telling this to? <laughs> she does, you're the bestie. <laughs> not your mom. <laughs> but I appreciate, and you know, my boys and I, we have different, all three of my kids, like, it's not a gender thing, it's a individual yeah, thing. absolutely. We have very unique relationships, all three of us, but yeah. Anna Prynne and I are very, 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 very close. She's she's just a love. Um, okay, at, this is the next question. At the end of your book, it was really difficult to read that you and your husband got divorced. Why did you get divorced, and do you think there's any way you two would ever get back together? God, just I, 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 it's funny how many of these I could answer for you. <laughs> answer it. Um, for, for this particular situation, it revolved one party, not Tova, being unfaithful. And the answer oh, is Tova would never, <laughs> never get back together with her next husband. No. Not that you guys don't have a great relationship, by you know that's not at all what I'm saying. But I think there, you know, you guys had some issues, and I don't, I don't know how exactly all that unfolded. But I think that despite the fact you have a great relationship now, that I don't think you ever aspire or hope no. or think about that. No, in any way. No, even though I am I wrong on this. I'm oh, sorry no, if I, I don't want to talk I, out of school. No, I just, <laughs> I'm like no answer, it, please, because I don't want to answer this question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't speak for Toby guys. <laughs> This is just speculation as a producer and a friend. <laughs> well, we get we get along very well, and and you know what? It, it was like so. So people ask me, how did I write that? How did I speak so highly of Topher in the book? Um, get, and then we get divorced. You know, like how did I go back and write that? So that, here's something very interesting about my book. I wrote two-thirds of the book before I ever knew anything. And so when I wrote... I did not know that. So when I wrote the book, that's how I felt. Right. That's how I saw things until I couldn't see them that way anymore. And then I put the book down for a couple of years because I was like that's BS, like that's not how it was. Yeah. Even though that's how I thought it was, it's not how it was. But I kind of reconciled that to myself. I thought, okay, that's how it was for me. You know, that was my truth Yeah. all while I was married. Like that was my truth. And so that's, I just kept it. And you know, I mean, I, you know how much I loved him. Of like, course. Deeply. Deeply, deeply, deeply. You've loved been very him. open about this on your show. Yes, and but like I, I that left. That's that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And, um, even though I do care for him deeply, deeply care for him deeply, and I love him as a person. I'm just right. not in love with him, and I don't want to be with him. That particular flame is gone. Yeah, yeah. and that's okay. I agree. Yep, yeah. I agree. And I bet you... I've had that with exes, absolutely. Yeah. And I, he might say the same thing. I don't know what he would say, but... Um, I was with a girl for five years and we broke up, and I still think very highly of her. We still, you know, I'd like love her as a friend. It's still... But that particular thing, whatever at one time... The it is, it is does gone. not exist. Yeah, exactly. Which is what you hope for. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine, like, walking around the rest of my life 
still having those feelings and not being, I'm, I can't, I think that would be a walking hell, like literally, like still madly in love with someone Absolutely. that you can't be with. Yeah. <gasps> I, I, has that ever happened to you? No, but um, it's funny. I'm going through this with my brother right now who's in this particular situation and it's just, it is horrible. They've been broken up almost two years and it's like still just carrying this crazy torch. Wow. And I'm like, I can't imagine how miserable that would be because it'd just be he so hard. Her? To, oh God, yeah. I mean, huge. Oh. Still, still wants to hang out with her all the time and whatnot. Do they communicate? Yes, oh, way too much. That's Which is selfish part. on her part, exactly. Because, you know, you're giving someone false hope. But, yeah. uh, no, I, I can't. I think that would just be absolute torture to still feel that way about someone. And and then to have them in your life still and know that, you know, that's... that's. I can't do that. That would be brutal. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I really... Although, I mean, I have it with Topher, but I mean, but I don't have those feelings. Right. If I had, If I had those feelings, I'd have to cut it off. Your relationship would be totally different. Yeah, I'd have to cut it off. Yeah. If I care... If I was still in love with someone and they broke up with me, I, I'd have to cut off. Yeah. And, pray that I never saw them again. That'd be too painful. Yes. Your poor brother. I mean, yeah, we've all been heartbroken, but I mean, it's, most of it were things that had happened and you, you know, you move on. I can't imagine having something harboring for, you know, not being able to ever, that that feeling is still there among one person and not the other. That's got, I mean, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that was a form of hell. Um. Okay, uh, next question. I have so much anxiety and can't imagine it when you say you never worry. How? Yeah, it's almost like I wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write in? <laughs> no, I knew everybody who sent me stuff. Um, okay, I have so much anxiety and can't imagine it when you say you never worry. How? And I relate to this person on so many levels. Well, answer it. How do you think I don't worry? See, I, I, I don't know because I'm <laughs> such an anxious, neurotic person. I just don't understand it. Yeah, I worry I, about everything. Like what? Name something you worried about today outside of finances or maintaining the business. You know, something like that. I worry all the time. Uh, are your worries realistic? Most of the time, no. I'm also a huge hypochondriac. So I worry about stuff like that, too. Of course not. I always think I, in the last year, I've had brain cancer, testicular cancer, <laughs> prostate cancer, and emphysema. And of course, it's not realistic, but I can't help it. I just worry about everything. <laughs> oh, good grief. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah, what do you do with me? This person's probably in better shape than I am, but still, I want to know how you not worry. Kevin, I just don't know how to answer that question. I I don't know. I just, I don't know. I wish I knew. But you didn't always have this. I think, I think, and I have said this on this show before, I think it's losing my children. I think so too. Yeah. I think for whatever reason, it, it's just you had such incredible pain and trauma to when you move on with your life after something so huge that a lot of the little worries people have become trivial. and, yes, I, and the scale has changed. Yes. So the question is, how do we get to that state without having to go yeah, through extreme yeah. trauma? Yeah, and I don't, and you know what? That, to to your point, that's a beautiful gift in my loss, you know? And, yes. And that, you know, when people are always like, how do you find the good? Like, there is good in pain. There is good in pain, and that's yeah. a perfect example. Like, I really do think that my the loss of my children gave me a very unique perspective that, okay, 
uh, I can't pay my electric bill and, you know, like. I think Janice helps with that too because she talks about these same things. It's, you yeah. know, I, I, I struggle to identify with you guys on that. But I mean, it is something that, yeah, something so horrible gave you <coughs> enlightenment and there mm-hmm. always are good and those kind of things that also you wouldn't have your three kids, if yeah. they, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. but it's, it's hard for someone like me to identify with that. Yeah. Basically. I understand why. I understand why it's difficult to to get a perspective that uh, you, you. I can't just adopt your perspective. Right. I can't. Like what and I can't you, adopt yours. You can't adopt mine. Unique. Yeah, you can't adopt mine, which is kind of cruel because it would be it would make things so much easier if I could just say, okay, this is what it oh. feels like to really worry about you know, when your child is going to die. And yeah. so that puts your finances in perspective. Yes. Like all the things I worry about sound really stupid when you say that kind of thing. It's, I, yeah. I just wish I could share with you and you understand yeah. where my neuroses comes from. And yeah. you could tell me where your yeah. uh, positive worry-free outlook comes from. Yeah. yeah without it's, having to suffer. Without having to experience that same pain. Yeah. 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 I don't know that you can. I don't either. And I bet anybody who's listening who's gone through pain, I bet they would say that they have a equally, like, and maybe it's not about worry, but something about their pain has taught them something that they would have never learned otherwise that they're grateful for. For sure. Yeah. I think, I think it does that. I think suffering does that. Um, are you dating anyone? You want me to answer this for you? No. <laughs> Am I dating someone? A little bit. I think that's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's best like, you know, we talk and we hang out. I know, you know, bits and pieces. I love, I love how you answer that. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and you agreed. Yeah. I just don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I understand that. And I probably had seven people ask me that. That was like the big question. Yeah, it was the number one. Mostly from guys. Are you dating anyone? Yeah, and mostly (laughs) guys I don't know. And so, you know what? I don't want to answer that. (laughs) That's such a guy question. (laughs) And who? Never mind. I don't want to say that. Okay. Watch it. Watch it, Tova. Okay. Um, This kind of goes along with the last question. Do you still cry about the children you have lost? If not, how long did it take? to go through the grieving process and did anything help? Well, uh, I do cry at times, very rarely. Um, I usually cry on the first day of school. That's a big trigger for me for whatever reason. I think about like what grade they would be going into. Um, how long did it take to go through the grieving process and did anything help? Um, Oh, I don't know how long the grieving process took. I would say, I would say years. I would say, is it ever really over? Yes, I'm done grieving. Yeah. Yes. I'm not, I do not grieve my children anymore. I miss them. Yeah. And I wonder about them and I love them and I think about them, but I do not grieve them. So I guess that's, but I don't know. I don't know how you quantify the time stamp on that. And did anything help? Yes. It helped when I got busy. It helped when when I stopped 
feeling sorry for myself. That's what helped. For months, I did nothing. And I mean nothing. And it was probably good for me to do nothing for a little while. Yeah. I did nothing. I cried. I would walk to the cemetery. I, I wouldn't see anyone. I wouldn't do anything. Like, it was my dogs and Topher, and that's it. And my mom. My mom was sick, too. But even after Louisa, my mom had already passed away. So I, I, it was a very tight-knit, closed circle of people that I would let in. It was, like, two people. And How long of a time would you say you... Was that? Were you, yeah, were you isolated like that? Yeah, I isolated myself after Louisa. Charlie, I did not totally isolate. I did for a little while, but Louisa, I really, like I shut doors, shut blinds, shut curtains, isolation. Um, I would say total isolation, don't want to talk or see anyone, months. Months. June, July, Probably seven months. Um, but when I when I got out of that, yeah, out of that, that the isolated, the dark, funk. the yes. dark, that was dark. Um, that I finally, I finally, uh, it took, and then, I mean, it, it was years. I cried, cried for years about that. Where were you in the healing process when you got your kids? Uh, I was in a good space. Yeah. I was in a really good space. You were not So that was 2010. I was probably still grieving a little bit. A little bit. How much time had passed between? Uh, Louisa passed away in in 2005. Okay. And they came home 2010. Gotcha. So it had been five years. And I was happy. Uh, I was really happy. Uh, I think my children, to your point, Kev, and I'm so glad you said something, like, my children really, really helped me grieve. I think that my children helped me so much because, like my adopted children helped me so much because um, because I think, well, okay, when I saw them and I knew I wanted to adopt them, I knew that I loved them and I knew that I would take great care of them, but I did not think about this idea. I never even gave uh, this idea. Like I never thought, well, one day I'm just going to love them as much as I love Charlie and Lou. Right. I, I had kind of just resigned to the fact that I loved them deeply and I was going to take great care of them. And this is a, exactly what I was supposed to do. But I don't think that I ever thought, yeah, I'm going to be able to love them yeah. as much or the same way that I did my biological children. You know, way no way considered it a replacement. No, no, yeah. no, no. And I thought they're going to bring me joy, and this is going to be fun. But you know, uh, but I never thought that they would that that I could love them the way that I loved Charlie and Lou. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird when you just adopt kids because you bring kids into your home and you don't have a relationship with them. Like you have to fall in love with them. Yeah, right. I Absolutely, mean, you do. So I have to say the fact that I, there's no doubt. I mean, a thousand percent, I love my children. 
exact uh, as much. Yeah. A, a thousand percent as much as I did. I do my biological children. They're, it's a, they're all the same. They're all my children. But at one time you didn't think that was possible. Yeah. In the same way. Yes. And so I venture to guess, and now this I'm formulating these thoughts as I speak. I think that has contributed greatly to my healing, like I because I have I have a crazy capacity to love. I have an enormous amount of love to give, and and to be able to do that with with children again, with my children again, is ah. Oh, there's there's nothing like it when there's yeah. nothing like it so i i think they were a huge part of my healing and grieving like grieving is over i do not grieve my children i feel like i've ended up having more questions than the people who are great but i, I just want to know <laughs> no. do you know or um ask me anything how long would you say or the grieving and healing was your journey in comparison to tofers would you so, say it's pretty similar it's a great question no no, and this is where I have a lot of compassion for Toph, is it it impacted us the same initially, but, and, you know, he went back to work quickly, and I kind of went dark. Yes. And I think that me going dark allowed me to, like, I continued to grieve. Yeah. Deeply, 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 deeply. And he's doing what most guys do, shutting yeah. it out and getting busy and yes. just trying to, which and, I can totally relate to. Yeah, you would do the same thing. Absolutely. And so, you know what that means? You don't grieve. You don't truly, because you got to go dark, right? Yeah. You, whatever your version of going dark mm -hmm. is, you have to. And I don't think society gives men that permission, and I don't think men give men that permission. I think, I think you're right on both those. Yes. 100%. In fact, when I was grieving, I always felt sorry for Toph because people would always ask me how I was doing and how we were doing and how, but, and women are brilliant about like, how are you doing? You know, what can I do? Da, da, da. Men, like, they have to have a beer. Yeah. And, no, we're retarded. And a club, I know that's a politically incorrect term, but so. and a club, yes, <laughs> and it is, and a club in their hand, you know, and and then they're going to be like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" Mm -hmm. And then the guy's going to be like, "Oh, it's, you know, it's sucked, but you know, we're getting through it." Yeah, there's no real sharing. Yeah. So, are you going to use an iron on this? Or are you going <laughs> to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are you going to chip or putt? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, and and that's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. And so, I think that has made a very big difference in how we grieved. Um, that was a great question. Sorry um, to keep taking you on different no, tangents. No, take, take take me on tangents. <laughs> right, okay, what I'm going to do because I I literally have I have I have several questions. I've, Lots more than we're ever going to get to. And oh, we could. Do, I feel like we could talk, just talk forever, almost. I mean, yeah. we've we're already been going for fifty minutes. I know. So what I'm going to do is, uh, there was somebody who texted right before we started, and she said, "Is it too late?" I told you. And so, yes. um, I want to get to her question because I think it's cute that she said that, and she I, I haven't read it yet, um, but I'm going to read it and then I'm going to answer this, and then we're going to, you know what, we'll do the rest next time. Okay. We'll do a second show on this because uh, we have too much to cover. Okay. Uh, 
Oh, good grief. She just asked me about sex outside of marriage. Okay. Okay. Hard to explain. <laughs> this isn't, why, are, why does everybody want to know about my sex life? <laughs> this doesn't surprise me at all. Anytime you have an attractive female doing any kind of radio show that's opening up about life, you're going to get sex questions. That's just the way it is. It's true. Um, okay. This is what she says. Hard to explain this in short, but would love your thoughts on sex outside of marriage when you're older. Like coming from very Baptist background where it's beaten into your head, but then like being an adult and you love Jesus, but it's also weird when you're 30. Maybe word it better than that, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I think I get what she's saying. Yes. Also, if you have time, do you think couples can get back together and it'd be different if they break up and deal with their own internal stuff or do some couples just not work? And if it was going to work, it would have worked the first time. Gosh, I would pick your brain about a million things if I could, but those will do for now. <laughs> those are good ones. Those are good ones. Um, okay, so uh, I think the first question I kind of answered before. I think I think it is very, I, I think it's, I think that this is a very, I think that this is a question whether you're 30 and single and never been married or 20 and single and never been married or 48 and divorced. Really? I think this is age specific. You do? I do. Why? Um, how how is me having sex and not being married different than a twenty five year old? Um, and, and fundamentally, and it being it's like the a same, moral, of course. yeah, yeah. But it being a moral issue because of faith. Okay, faith. I'm not sure, but I mean, when you're a young person and you're feeling things out, it's okay to meet people and you know to. You need to be with people. That's how you kind of figure out who you are um, emotionally, sexually, all kinds of different things. Um, but if you're older, maybe, you know, it, it's not, you don't want to rush into something. So it could be like a one night stand or something, maybe. But if you're searching for something that's more meaningful and you're dating someone and you got something going and then you have sex before marriage, I think that's perfectly normal. Um, you think if that makes sense? It's more normal to be careless when you're younger. I suppose so. Not as much careless as just. Carefree. Cut yourself more slack. Yes, more carefree. Carefree. Um, yes. And I'm just going to stick with my answer before when it comes to like it being a moral issue or faith. I think that you just have to ask your, I mean, it's, I think you got to ask yourself, is this glorifying God? I think there's a ton of things that we do that do that. And I think there's a ton of things we do that don't. So you just got to find you got to find that for you. I think it's, uh, but it's hard. Well, most wow. people, do, especially if you're a Christian, though, you have a moral compass, and you can kind of tell if this is right or wrong, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think your heart usually guides you pretty well for the most part. Like, oh, if you're being super promiscuous or doing, you know, being reckless, in your, I think you. you'll feel like this is not this is not right. But yes. if you meet someone you're really into and you have a great relationship yeah. and you sleep with them, I don't think that's anything to be like, oh, God, I've sinned and I've done wrong in the eyes of God type thing. Well, I think your soul and your spirit, like you say, I think your soul and your spirit guide you. Yeah. I really do. I think so. I, and you know, like, you know when you have acted outside of your value system. Definitely. You know. You feel it. You can't disguise it. You can't no. shove it down. It's, no. yeah, you and know. You know. And that's an important thing to trust and listen to. Um, oh, God, wait, she asked more. She said, and if it's not too late, I forgot an important question, part of my sex question. Thoughts on Christian couples that get married so fast because of trying to honor the sex thing. Like, is it really worth forcing or rushing a marriage? 
Uh, no. Mm-mm. Do not get married. To get laid. To get laid. Please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That will always... Just it ain't going to work. not going to work out. No. No. Please do You think that's an unrealistic expectation, right? To marry someone that you've never slept with? I mean... You know what? You I need think... to learn... You know, you need to know each other, I think, physically Let before me... you even consider getting married. I, You know what I think it is? I think that there are people who can do that, and they feel good about that, and, and I think that's their more like that's their decision i mean and, i think it's a crapshoot it could work out but i i don't think it's natural but that's just me <laughs> <laughs> imagine that you would think that Ken. yeah sorry i know i'm not the most religious guy but i got no, a good moral no, compass no no you have a, and you have you have a you have a great value system you have a great value system and you know what i think that i think that i think that her i love that she says uses the word honor when it comes to sex because it it has become so um, it sex has become what it should have never been so casual and sex has become what God God created sex God wants us to have sex God loves he created that gift right but it is a gift and just like any gift. You know, if you abuse it, mm-hmm. it it's not a gift anymore. You can be frivolous yes, with it. Yes, and you can take it for granted, and you can abuse it. And, <clears throat> and so I think it's really important to keep it in its rightful place. I, I do. I, I, I think that that always works out better if, if it has its, takes its rightful spot. Um, and... And is an honorable, good thing. Yes. You know, and not the trashy, sleazy. Right. Yes. You know, stuff that, that, the, that the world's turned it into. And I'm not going to point a finger and say that consenting adults, that that's necessarily wrong. I can just tell you that it violates my value system. Yeah. You know what I mean? It may, yeah, you know, not sure. that I haven't done this, but everybody's done stuff that they regret in life. But of you can, course. like you said, you can always tell deep down, like, if this is me or this is not me. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That feeling. I never want to feel that feeling again. Um, Okay. Do I think couples can get back together and it'd be different if they break up and deal with their own internal stuff or do some couples just not work? And if it's going to work, it would have worked the first time. I 1000% believe that couples can get back together and it'd be different if, but I a thousand percent think that, but I do think they have to deal with the broken parts. So, Obviously, they broke up because something broke, right? Um, there was there's a great quote. I think it's Janice that said it is that there's not unhappy marriages. There's just unhappy people who happen to be married. I think that is Janice. Yeah, and I believe that. So I I think that first of all, I think that you are attracted to um, your level of health. So how healthy or unhealthy you are emotionally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, how the measure of your health, I believe that's what you're attracted to. So if I am doing great spiritually, emotionally, physically, then, and I'm at an eight, I'm probably going to be attracted to an eight guy. Right. But if I'm, if I'm hovering around a three emotionally or spiritually, then I'm probably gonna 
be attracted to another three. Like, I think that we are attracted to our, our emotional counterpart. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And, and I, you know, the threes probably aren't going to work. And if they do, it's probably going to be unhealthy or volatile or, and maybe, maybe you'll stay together. Maybe you won't. I don't know. But I do believe I, I learned from Dr. Barnes that like we are, we tend to be attracted to somebody who has the ability to resolve something, um, from our past. I like totally an, think an, that's true. Yes. Like yes. an old wound. Like Absolutely. For entirely too much of my life, I've been uh, attracted to men that are emotionally unavailable. And in fact, if you are emotionally available, I'm probably not going to be attracted to you as much because every man in my past going way back to my dad, and I love him, but emotionally unavailable. So because because that wound was has been a better been in my life for a better part of my life that is that's something I'm trying to resolve. So I tend to be attracted to men that are emotionally unavailable because then if that emotionally unavailable guy sees that oh I'm worth being emotionally available yep then all those wounds are reconciled. And that makes perfect sense to me. Yes. <laughs> it really does. Yes. But the truth is that man cannot resolve that wound. So let's just say I date a guy who's totally emotionally unavailable. All of a sudden I work my magic and he becomes emotionally available. That does not heal the wound from my childhood. The only person that can heal the wound from my childhood is my dad. Like that's it. And so I have had to get healthy and become aware and understand this and so that I can open myself up to somebody who's emotionally available without it feeling claustrophobic. Sure. Any guy that I have ever dated who is like uber into me or very emotionally available. It's re it repels. It pushes I've, you away. Yeah. I run like I'm on fire. Which makes no sense because the asshole who who is impossible. Uh, that's that's who I want to date. That's but in who, the way you just explained, it does make sense. Yes, yes, <laughs> it, really it makes does. perfect sense. So I have learned that I've learned that, and now I watch myself, and I know that my I know what I, I have a tendency to be attracted to, and I've forgiven myself for that because that's not my fault. That's an old childhood wound, but I need to find the balance. Like I really have to find the balance of that. I completely can relate to that. Mm -hmm. So to that point, let's just say I am attracted to somebody who's emotionally unavailable and I'm attracted to him because I'm a, he's emotionally unavailable and he's attracted to me because I am emotionally available. Because you've made yourself emotionally available. Yes. He's, he's resolving something yes. about himself with me he wants as to, well. Yes, exactly. And so if we recognize that unhealthy piece and we work really hard because, you know, let's just pretend I love him and he loves me and we want it to work, then we can come together and say, okay, 
this is my tendency, this is my tendency, how are we going to work really hard together? I mean, it's like what Dr. Barnes always says, it takes two willing parties. How are we going to work together to heal these wounds right. so that we can be the best versions of ourself? I think that I think that, that those couples have the greatest potential for success. Like one party, one unhealthy person. I mean, we're all unhealthy to a degree, right? But I think the great the couples that set up for the greatest amount of success are. Uh, let's just say, you know, I'm dating a guy and I'm saying, okay, I see this unhealthy in you, and he says, well, I see this unhealthy in you. We come together and we work really hard to challenge each other and love each other through our unhealthy. Like the greatest relationship is the person that helps you become the best version of yourself, you know? And I mean, I hear that all the time in couples that I do premarital counseling. Like I love him because he, he challenges me to be the best version of myself. I think that's what they're talking about. They're helping resolve all, not helping them resolve all their wounds, but they're challenging. Yeah. They're challenging. Those, I think you're right. Those old wounds. So, Okay, we're going to have to... Oh, hold on. I got one more question before we go. What? Real quick, in terms of breaking up and getting back together, do you think that if one party cheated on the other, they can ever really get back together and it could work? Because I know myself personally, it would, ne- and I've you know, been through this kind of shit in my younger years, but it is never the same with that person again if yeah. you know that they cheated on you. In my personal opinion, I, I don't think... I've been I don't think that on, can ever be healed. Yeah. I just don't think that wound on, can and be... And I can forgive and I can... I can like I can totally forgive. Yep. Um, and but I could not stay married or be with someone who cheated on me. Me either. I to me, leave. that's just ultimate. It means that you weren't the person I thought, and whatever I felt, you know, wasn't oh. reciprocal. I don't know. I just know there that are for no me personally, second chances when it comes to cheating. When it comes to cheating, that's that's yeah. it. Deal breaker. Deal breaker. Okay. Yeah, a thousand percent for me. But you know, I don't know how I could answer that for anybody else. But I do know that. I mean, there are no, there's, it's like not even a conversation. Like yeah, same if, here. if you cheated on me, that would be our last and, conversation. And I think, and you're probably the same way, that if I cheated on you, I could not, I would have to, first of all, confess, because I couldn't live with myself with the guilt, but I also would not want to be taken back. I feel like I I oh. I broke everything and I do not in any way deserve, you know, I would not even expect or ask yeah. or beg to be taken because I'm like, you know what? No, that's it. Go on, live your life because- I messed it up. Yeah. I screwed everything up. It makes me sick to even think about what the person who cheats feels like. Yeah, yeah, me too. I could never, and I know that I should never say never, but I really think I am completely incapable of that behavior. I think so too. I just... I, and I always I'm say the two worst emotions lot. on earth are fear and guilt. And those are things yeah. I don't want to live with. And yeah, I think that really kind good. of guilt would just, Kill even me. when I confessed, I think that would that I would be riddled with that for the rest yeah. of my life. How do you put your head on a pillow? If yeah. You, yeah, it's really, but I, but you know what, Kev? I know a lot of great people who've cheated. Like great. Oh, I'm not saying people. it means you're a horrible person or yeah. that, you know, that you're damned. But no. I think for that, that that relationship is permanently soiled, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I think it's a very, 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 very difficult thing to come back from. Very difficult. All right. Well, we got through maybe a third of the questions. <laughs> Thanks for all the questions, y'all. I loved it. This has been fun. 
Okay, until next week.